You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. I want to know what Baker Mayfield is worth now, and we'll talk to Steve Palazzolo from uh, Pro Football Focus. He graded out his last season. Also, what's Jimmy Garoppolo worth? We'll get to Steve here in a moment. So, uh, Steve in Myrtle Beach joining us. Hi, Steve. What's on your mind today? Hey, what's up, guys? Hey. Um, so, just kind of curious, Roger Goodell probably doesn't really like being pushed over or thinking that they've, he's gotten, you know, been had. So is there any chance that, because he hasn't suspended him yet, that he could just wait this year out and wait and suspend Watson year two when he's making all the money? No, I don't think so. I don't think you can do that. I don't think you can delay your punishment just because I, you have to give him due process. So if he's outsmarted you, you know, Brady did this. When Brady got suspended for Deflategate, they restructured his deal. So when he got fined, he wouldn't lose uh, the same amount of money he would have in a normal year. Let's bring in Steve Palazzolo, our uh, good buddy from Pro Football Focus, senior analyst there, host of the Pro Football Focus NFL podcast. What is Baker Mayfield worth right now based off of what happened this past season? Yeah, it's a tough one because I think, you know, Baker Mayfield, his evaluation just doesn't make sense. You know, like every time it looks like he should get better, they bring in OBJ. He didn't really get better. Then OBJ gets goes down and he has an excellent finish to his 2020 season. And then last year, Baker's playing hurt. And, and I don't, you know, it, it affected him. It absolutely affected him playing, even though it's his non-throwing shoulder, playing through injury. It was the worst season we've seen of Baker Mayfield. And I do think between that and how outspoken he's been without necessarily backing it up from a production standpoint. I think NFL teams have, have soured on him. So um, I think his value's down right now, but uh, he's also a guy that I would still want to take a shot on just because two out of his four seasons, his rookie year, and then 2020, overall, he's looked really good in those, in those particular seasons. But is he worth the number one draft, uh, uh, first-round draft pick, two first-round no. draft picks? All the leverage is gone now because people know he's on the block, right? I mean, he's not sticking around with Deshaun Watson there in Cleveland. So it, it's probably a mid-round pick at best. And, and there's we're running out of desperate teams as far as uh, the quarterback carousel goes. What about Jimmy Garoppolo? What's his value? Yeah, I mean, Jimmy's another tough one, right? Because he wins a ton of games and then you go back and you say, okay, he's been in Kyle Shanahan's system and – uh, our grades, I think, do a pretty good job of kind of separating Garoppolo's performance from what the offense has done. It's always been one of the most productive passing games in the in the NFL when Garoppolo's been under center. But his last two full seasons, he was our 13th ranked quarterback in 2019 when they went to the Super Bowl, number 21 last year. But the stats are really good. So I do think, you know, Garoppolo's value is probably a little bit higher. You can have one more year of his contract, but you also have to try to separate his production from Shanahan's system where Garoppolo's grades don't necessarily match up, you know, with, with the staff. So he's a guy that you probably have to have a really good situation around him, much like he had in San Francisco. But I could see teams looking at Garoppolo a little bit, you know, higher than Baker at this point. You know, maybe it ends up becoming a second or third round pick. I know you grade rosters. So here we are. We're done with free agency for the most part. Um, which team improved their roster the most, in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, it's such a quarterback-driven league that it is the teams that added the big-time quarterbacks, right? I mean, the Denver Broncos adding Russell Wilson. That wasn't all they did, though, obviously, having Randy Gregory come in and re-signing a couple of their own. And uh, the Broncos overall have made some excellent moves. But, of course, going from Teddy Bridgewater to Russell Wilson absolutely elevates their ceiling. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts, even just uh, in aging Matt Ryan, has still played pretty good ball over the last couple of years, and you put him on a, a roster that probably should have been in the playoffs last year in Indianapolis. 
I think Ryan's going to play better than Carson Wentz, has a chance to elevate the Colts there. Um, and, of course, the Browns. You know, even though um, outside of Amari Cooper, they haven't made a ton of other big splash moves or anything, but the, the Browns already had a really good roster. And you're going from Baker Mayfield's worst season to presumably whatever Deshaun Watson brings to the table, which would be much better. You start to look at these teams that gave up their quarterback, like the, the Falcons. Uh, that's a bad team. Uh, yeah. Are they one of the worst rosters, bottom three, four teams in the NFL? Yeah, I think they are. I mean, over the last couple of years, we've seen their uh, their defense essentially get depleted. You know, they, they have uh, they have Brady Jarrett, they have AJ Terrell, but not much else. Deion Jones is pretty good. Not much to build on the defensive side, and then offensively, everything's falling apart there as well. Where they have maybe the worst receiving core in the league, and they're just a couple of years removed from having Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage over there. So um, it's a complete rebuild in Atlanta, which might not be the worst thing, right? You've got Tom Brady in the division. The Falcons, you know, second-year coach and GM, it might be time for the Falcons anyway to start looking to 2023-2024 uh, for whenever Tom Brady moves on and, and think about competing in a couple of years rather than this year. All right, we have a bet here in studio that uh, there will be a quarterback selected the first 13 picks. Which side of the bet are you on? Oh, I definitely think there will be. Yeah, I mean, I, you're, you're looking at the Panthers at six, the Falcons at eight, and then the Seahawks at nine. You know, in this musical chairs of quarterback movement, they're they're left without a chair at the moment. And yeah, Garoppolo's out there. Yeah, Baker Mayfield's out there. But I do think the Panthers have been desperate. The Falcons, as I mentioned, they're in the middle of this rebuild. They probably want to find a guy in the Seahawks, right? I mean, I don't think they're going to hitch their wagons to Drew Locke. I think they're going to evaluate this class. So I think because of that, we are talking about quarterbacks going probably in the top ten, at least one or two, um, even though. I don't think the NFL loves this quarterback class overall. I do think desperation will win and somebody will go in the top 10 or so. Great to talk to you as always, Steve. We'll stay in touch. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, always a pleasure. That's Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus senior analyst there. And uh, Pro Football Focus launching a four-episode podcast series this April with the projected number one overall pick, Aiden Hutchinson. Subscribe to Hutch wherever you listen to uh, podcasts there couple of phone calls in here. Doug in Daytona. Hi, Doug. What's on your mind? Hey, Dan. Love the show. Love you. Hey, just want to um, bring something up. Uh, Fritzy has been on fire since L.A., you know, Super Bowl. I don't want to talk conspiracy, like performance enhancing or anything like that, but mm. um, he's a different dude since he's come from back from L.A. I don't know if it's a three-piece story, being back in his old stopping grounds. I don't know. I don't know if it's IT investigation worthy, but... I want to get your thoughts on that. Well, I think Paulie has an idea of what's happened to Fritzy since the Super Bowl. Yeah, I do have a theory there. Now, obviously, it started, I think, with the departure of McLovin that opened up some room on the show mm-hmm. for Fritzy. But I really think for Fritzy, the uh, springboard of this uh, rebirth, this renaissance, is the Valley Girl imitation he did uh, Wednesday of Super Bowl week that really crushed. He was not exactly having a great Monday, Tuesday on air, if my notes are correct. But Wednesday, he went, or maybe Thursday after the night out at um, Big Dean's in Santa Monica, when he was hoarding all the women, mm-hmm. he put in the Valley Girl imitation and it kind of uh, ramped up his Super Bowl week and he finished strong. You want to give, you. give us a little bit of... Uh, well, this is where you met... There was a picture that we took where you're around five girls. So there's only five girls that were there at Big Dean's in Santa Monica. They were all five at your table. Two of them were sisters. Yeah. 
and one was wearing a shirt with a picture of me. So one of the sisters says to the other sister and to me when I was chatting him up, why is she wearing a picture of you on your shirt? Are you famous or something? Who are you guys anyway? <laughs> and I will say from uh, sources close to me that your impersonation of this girl <laughs> is spot on. Yeah. It was very, uh, it was I don't know. I don't want to say off-putting because he was very sweet, but it was really thick, extra. It's like Valley Girl Plus. Give me a little bit more. So my sister is going to be getting a new uh, beer together. I don't know, a little sake. I don't know if you guys want to invest in her company, but that would be kind of nice. If you're famous, you probably have a lot of money. You want to split a burger or something? Why don't you buy me a drink? You know we're not doing anything, by the way. You have a wedding ring on, and you look like my grandfather. You have no hair. Whatever hair you do have is gray. <laughs> Nothing's going on here. Nothing funny. You could be my dad. <laughs> that might have been it. But I, I was even talking to my wife about you last night. I said, you've been on fire content-wise. You've, you've, you know, the last month, been on fire. Things are good on the home front. I'll leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> what bloop, is that supposed bloop, to be? Bloop, bloop. That was inappropriate. <laughs> But, you know, it makes the other 14 and a half years stand out a little bit more <laughs> when you... Where have you been? Yeah. Man? Yeah. But, you know, you kind of eased into the situation here and you didn't want to rush it. It sometimes d- takes a decade and a half at least yeah. to uh, get up, find your place. Yes, Paul. I think we just learned something, though. Fritzy, good Fritzy at work means more uh, Fritzy-ish at home. Mm. And then when it goes well there, we get better Fritzy at work. It's like mm. it's a good cycle. Mm. Okay. Not necessarily for her. I but. choose not to think about that. <laughs> I'd it's like kids that don't want to hear like, that, that their parents do those things. I just, like, can't handle that. All righty. Why are you making sexual references on a sports talk show? <laughs> so not cool. FCC violation. Craig in Washington. Hi, Craig. What's on your mind? Hey, DP. Hi, bud. Hey, just want to get your thoughts on the Seahawks here. They need a they need offensive line help. We need running backs. <laughs> Our running backs are terrible. I we know. need what are you, what's your thoughts on uh saving some money on a quarterback, not Baker Mayfield, that's too much money. Like Gardner Minshew, getting the Saquon Barkley or the the Panthers running back, saving that money on a quarterback, getting some offensive line help here and starting to rebuild. I mean, I really wish uh, Pete would have went, but he's still here, so that's that's a non-issue. But maybe next year we can get Dan Quinn or something. Just get, wanted to get your thoughts. Thanks, Pete. All right. Thank you, Craig. I don't know other than I told you that Russ was not going to be in Seattle. And I, I was told uh, a couple of times through the process that it feels like Russ is going to create a situation or Seattle in conjunction with Russ will create a situation similar to Matthew Stafford. Hey, it's best for both of us if we see other people. And that's what happened. That, you know, it was amicable. And Russ is like, um, okay, see where you can make a great deal. And then, you know, I get to say if I want to go there or not. Have a no trade clause. And then it was like, uh, we got this with Denver. Okay. And then that was it. It was done. And I know Pete Carroll's on record is saying, you know, I, I, I thought that we could still keep this together, but then things uh, stopped being meaningful. I think that was the, the quote. But, you know, Russ, I, I think he was just frustrated. You know, Pete's system is run the football, play great defense. And then it felt like they would run the ball, play great defense, and then the score would be 9-7 going into the fourth quarter. And then it would be like, hey, uh, Russ, can you help us? 
yep, I'll help you. I'll save your buck. But I think he just wanted to be. It goes back to the interview I did after the Super Bowl. Really, that's what it was. Because Seattle was not happy with him that day at all. He was speaking out of turn. His agent gave a list of teams if they were going to trade him. And I just said, it's over. I don't care what they say. Over. Lasted one year. And, I mean, I haven't talked to Russ since this happened. And we haven't had him on the show. But he looked at what was going on in that Super Bowl with Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. And all of these quarterbacks have egos. Where's my place in history? Legacy. I've been to two Super Bowls. I got to get to, I got to win another one here. Not going to happen in Seattle. I'm 33. I'm the Walter Payton man of the year. I'm at the game sitting next to the commissioner and I'm watching these two guys out there. And I've been getting sacked on average of 48 times a year. I got to get out of here. And that was my feeling. That that's the first time I've had an interview with Russell where I thought that he was being Russ. He wasn't being Russell Wilson, the quarterback. He was just being the person who was like, I, I, can't, I can't continue to do this. Yeah, Paul. I still see some articles, though, that credit the Seahawks for trading him now when he's still a hot property. They got more for Russell Wilson at 33 than the uh, Houston team got for Deshaun Watson, who's nine years younger. Yeah. So... From trade value, they got a lot. They also got rid of Russell now, which may hurt them now, but two years from now, he could have walked. Oh, I think that they they got a great deal for Russ. But you got to get a quarterback here. I mean, Drew Locke is not your quarterback of the future, and that's what this is all going to be graded on. If Seattle goes the next couple of years and doesn't have a quarterback, then we're going to go, Denver won that deal. But Denver's going to have to pay Russ. Make no mistake about that. He's making $24 million. He's making half of what Aaron Rodgers is going to make. So that's going to change. Got to factor that in as well. Gave up draft picks, a couple of players, and you're going to have to double his salary. It's not like you just get him and all of a sudden, you know, Deshaun Watson. Uh, you're going to get Deshaun. Oh, he wants a raise. What? He wants guaranteed money. What? Signing. What? And then they gave him all of that stuff. Uh, Joe in Wisconsin. Hi, Joe. What's on your mind today? Hey, Dan. Uh, I sent over the video to Tyler of me paying up my bet with Seton. Uh, turned into the polar plunge versus the uh, snow angels. We're out of snow, like I said. But uh, dealing with the repercussions, uh, I'm pretty roughed up. Got a stuffy nose, and I'm not totally sure I'm going to make it out alive. So, um, <laughs> you know, we're, we're hurting. But uh wanted to weigh in on the Zion situation, too. Um, you know, our Badger basketball team, our guard got hurt in the game, you know, and every time they'd show him, he was kind of sulking on the end of the bench. And it feels like that kind of weighed us down in general, you know, and with a guy being out, whether it's for a game or for a season or whatever it is, you can just either be a net negative or a net positive, you know, and really kind of help coach people up or be good or, you know, just, just build people up versus, you know, bogging everybody down. So, all right. Well, thank you, Joe. We'll post the video on uh, our newsletter. They're paying up a bet, a polar plunge. I think it was basically naked snow angels. Something like that was the uh, bet, but there was no snow. So we said, all right, then polar plunge. I mean, I'd hate for Joe to die paying up a bet, but it'd be a legendary status. We're not hoping for it. No, 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 no. That would be unfortunate. Yeah. 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 Good for the show. Bad for him. Yeah. For Joe. 
And it would be the Joe in Wisconsin Award Memorial Award that we would hand out. We might want to consider some type of insurance policy yeah. moving forward. Yeah. Some of our pets. Maybe uh, I can represent progressive now that Baker Mayfield is not going to be doing that. I could do it. There you go. Yeah. Is it too soon for L- me to apply soon. for the progressive? Uh, hey, uh, I never played quarterback, but, you know, I could do progressive commercials there for you. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. Oh, I'm hearing from the Orlando Magic fan base. Not a big fan base, but I'm hearing from them because my Golden State Warriors lost to Orlando last night. The team that I think is coming out of the West lost to the Orlando Magic. Congratulations, Orlando. Congratulations on a big win. In fact, here is uh, Draymond Green, the Golden State Warriors, on not beating the Magic. No disrespect to Orlando Magic, but that's one of the worst teams in the league. We can't match that with them. So if you can't match that with them, you're definitely not going to do it against a great team. And so I wouldn't necessarily say it's concern, but that's what's happening. And I don't doubt that we can fix it, but if but if we're going to win some games, they got to be fixed. Okay, I would have asked Draymond, tell me which players you're talking about here. Let, let's get specific here. I got the roster. Let me run down here. Let, let's just start, you know, how about a check mark by all of these guys? How, Clay, how did he play? Steph, how about you? All of those things. All right, uh, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Uh, update the poll results there, and we'll check in with the Pelicans. We went with, Dan, if you were going, if the, if the NFL draft was today, which quarterback are you drafting first? 70%. Very much a recency bias oh, with Malik Willis. Malik Willis, yeah. <laughs> and his hands are bigger than Kenny Pickett, so obviously you're going to take him. Sources close to me say Kenny Pickett falling, question mark? No, I like that people think Kenny Pickett's hands got bigger. Now, they they measured wider, bigger, but, but it's not like, imagine congratulating the Pitt quarterback. <laughs> hey, congratulations on your hands getting bigger. I I guess that he just made them bigger because you do uh, stretches and he measured better, but they're not bigger. It's not like, wow. Okay. Now we're taking you in the first round. Your hands a little bit bigger. Yeah. Paul. Also, if you look at all the Malik uh, Willis draft profiles, they all have the word project on them. Uh-huh. The last guy with this many projects on his draft profile. If I look back and you know who I'm talking about Mahomes. Mahomes. If you look back at the mm. negatives draft profiles, they all say project. Year one, he may have to watch and learn the, the pro system because it doesn't match Texas Tech. Well, also, and I remember the scouting report, it was like tries to be Brett Favre, risk taker. And I, I always wonder, like when you watched him play, it felt like he was the best player on the field and he was the quarterback who played the position for both teams in the backyard. He was that good. They didn't win, but he was so much fun to watch. But, you know... When you're losing 48 to 47, I'm not going to put too much on the quarterback there. Maybe defense, coaching, but you watched Mahomes and I thought, okay, he does have degree of difficulty that he loves that, but he could play. Well, look, they were nitpicking on Deshaun Watson. He did everything you want a quarterback to do in college. And then you're like, why isn't Chicago taking him? I mean, this is, this is where you get paralyzed.
you know, paralysis by analysis, as they say, because you think about it too much. It's like people saying, you know, Zion Williamson, a bust. I went, how can he be a bust? Got a busted up foot, but he's not a bust. Will Guillory covers the Pelicans for the Athletic. Kind enough to join us this morning. Thank you, Will. Um, how's the video going over of uh, Zion's dunk within the uh, Pelicans organization? Uh, my Twitter has certainly been noisy. That's for sure. It's a lot going on. Uh, people are very excited. They, they got conspiracy theories going. Uh, it's just a normal day in Zion Williamson land. That's for sure. Okay. Now, I I thought maybe he's just saying, I want to play. I can play. Because I this can't be part of his rehab, Will, where they said, hey, we want you to do a Vince Carter dunk. It's, you know, shooting jumpers, maybe running around a little bit, maybe some drills there. But is is there a different message being sent or delivered that the Pelicans maybe are going to shut him down where it felt like Zion was saying, I can play, I want to play? Yeah, I mean, when Zion came back to New Orleans, I think his intention was to at least prove or at least try to prove that he can play this season. And you can understand from the Pelicans' perspective where they will want to slow play, play him because there's been several setbacks this season when they've tried to ramp him up and get him closer to playing. He's He's got gone as far as doing three-on-three, four-on-four in practice, and then the soreness in the foot started kicking in, so they had to slow him down. So once he comes back from Portland, you can understand why they wouldn't say, hey, we're just going to throw you in three-on-three games and see how you do. So they've tried to limit his activity in practice. The, the only thing I've seen him do you know in media availability after practice is stand still shooting and dribbling drills on his own uh so i don't think there's been any you know part of the drill where you throw the ball off the backboard and put it between your legs and dunk it i don't think that's part of the rehab program but the guy's obviously gifted i think he wants to show that he can still play this season but i think when you just look at the calendar, there just isn't that much time left for them to get him into practices, get him in the physical contact. So I can understand what both sides are coming from. If you're a player, you want to play. But if you're the organization, you want to protect your asset. Do you think Zion Williamson is a Pelican in three years? I think so. I, I think they're going to try to find a way to get that deal done this summer. And once those guys sign those contracts, you know, after the rookie deal, assuming it's a, somewhere close to a max contract, it's usually around year four uh, where, you know, the grumbling start to happen, especially a guy that young. I don't see them trading him year two into a five-year contract. But does he want to be, be there, crazy. Will? Does he want to – I go back to the draft. You know, this seemed like he was disappointed in the lottery. I think the biggest thing for Z is, are, are they going to win? And I think the, the the if you look at that team last year and what they were doing with Stan Van Gundy as head coach, uh, Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams in the starting lineup, it just wasn't working. The the vibe in the locker room was really bad. And I think now with Willie Green coming in, CJ McCollum, the newest addition, Brandon Ingram emerging into a potential all-star, uh, I think you see this thing moving in a much better direction. The, the, the feel around the team is much better. I think they're in a much better position to win once Zion Williamson is back. So I think if he's back and they're winning games, I think you're going to see him much happier. But as long as they're losing and he's not playing, it's under that understandable why he wouldn't be happy with what's going on. But I think they're going to be in a much better position next year once he's healthy and they can finally put all those guys on the court together. What is his status? There's 10 games left. Do we see Zion Williamson at all the rest of this regular season? 
I mean, I find it hard to believe, just like I said, there just isn't much time left. Uh, they don't even have that many practices left to even get him, you know, ramped up. Like I said, as of right now, the only thing he's allowed to do at practices is stand still shooting and dribbling drills. So that, that's, you know, not any contact. There's not any running, uh, not any five on five. You would assume before they put him in an actual NBA game, they would want to get him into some five on five activity. Right. Uh, so I think there just isn't that much time to do that. Uh, so I would be highly surprised if he plays again this season. Uh, but I think they're going to try to continue to progress him and see what he looks like because they want to sign him to a new deal this summer. There's no question about that. They want to feel comfortable about giving him all that money. Uh, but I think throwing him in the game, you know, with this little time left on the calendar without that much practice time, I, I think I'd be a little bit reckless. Will, good to talk to you and uh, gives you something to write about, something a little bit different there with uh, Zion Williamson. But thanks for joining us. I appreciate you having me on, Dan. There's always something going on. That's the Yes, it is. Will Guillory, he covers the Pelicans for The Athletic. I go back, and I know it always goes back to Michael Jordan. This is apples and oranges. I just want to give you context that when Jordan came back from a broken foot, he had 11 games left in the regular season. And the Bulls, I don't think, wanted him to come back, and Jordan was not having any of that. He was playing. And, and he ended up going to Carolina, practicing there, came back, and then had that unbelievable playoff performance against the Celtics. What's Zion got? Ten games left? Can he come back? Should he come back is really the question. Yes, he... The problem with the video is that, you know, Zion has had a recovery process full of setbacks. And he's not out of the woods yet. And so if there should, God forbid, there should happen to be another setback somewhere between now and the start of next season, yeah. and that video is still out there, yep. man, is that just bad optics. First two seasons in the NBA, Michael Jordan missed 62 games due to injury. Zion Williamson, first two seasons, has missed 69 games due to injury. You can tack on probably 10 more and be 79 by the end of the regular season. I, you know, I got I to gotta slow play this. As much as I'd love him to be back there for the playoffs, I, I just, how about we just work on conditioning? We work on strengthening that foot, making sure it's healed, and then we're ready to go next season because I'd, I'd hate to have another setback. Certainly, when you break a bone in your foot, and for a guy who makes his living attacking the rim, you're just asking for more trouble. Yeah, Paul. I got something that'll help with ratings. Let's say the Pelicans face the Lakers in the, the play, uh, one-game playoff. Zion just shows up for warm-ups and does some dunks to get the crowd all mm, fired up. Mm. I'll tune into that. Yeah, but if he shows up for just the warm-ups and dunking, then he's going to have that temptation that you're just going to, why don't you, all right, you can play a little bit. <laughs> you know, he'll be on a load management a minutes restriction there. But no, you can't. I can't do that. Uh, Cody in North Carolina. Hi, Cody. What's on your mind today? Yeah, I had a would you rather for Todd there. Uh, oh, okay. During the break. Okay. During the break, uh, Joe had to cut in with the Aerosmith and Gordon Ramsay thing. And I just want to know if uh, Todd would rather Gordon Ramsay critique his cooking or Simon Cowell critique his singing. Mm. Well, Todd can't cook, and he doesn't think he could cook but he thinks he can sing. <laughs> Why, because I close my eyes and I make those faces when yeah. I'm trying to sing? Yeah, you sing all the time. But Simon Cowell, you would welcome Simon Cowell. Absolutely. Do one of those absolutely dreadful. Yes. Are you kidding me? No, I think it'd be good. Are you for real? Do you really think you're going <laughs> to? Is this some kind of joke? But you would probably want, 
Lionel Richie maybe to do it? Yeah, that would work nicely. I like Lionel Richie. Yeah. Let the music play all day, all day, all night long. Bob, what do you have, Paulie? I have some breaking NFL news. Do you want to guess what it is? We did this a few weeks ago. Okay. All right. Breaking news. This appears to be from Ian Rappaport of NFL Network. All right. Um, Another blockbuster coming, question mark, despite a high offer from blank team that would make this player one of the highest paid receivers. This player's agent has asked for and received permission to seek a trade. Sources tell Tom Pelissaro and Ian Rappaport. Okay. Is a high-end NFL wide receiver. All right. Pretty shocking. All right. Well, can't be more shocking than Devontae Adams. It's close. Okay. Um, Mike Evans. Tighter, bigger, entrenched with the team he's in and the quarterback he plays with. What's Cooper Cup's situation? How about Cooper Cup? More entrenched. DeAndre Hopkins. Tyreek Hill has received permission whoa, to whoa. seek a trade from the Chiefs, according to Ian Rapport and Tom Pelissaro. Whoa. Wait, is this just because they brought in Juju Smith-Schuster? Here's what they are. Despite an offer from the Chiefs that would make uh, Tyreek Hill one of the highest paid receivers in history, extension talks have stalled, and Kansas City has now given Hill's agent wow. permission to seek a trade. Wow. That was five minutes ago. Okay. Multiple, te- according to Tom Palacero, multiple teams have already engaged in trade talks on Tyreek Hill, and the expectations is the Chiefs would get a massive haul from the NFL's most dynamic receivers, Dang. who would also get a monster extension if he was traded to another team. Yes, yeah, thirty seconds ago, Adam Schefter had two teams who are in serious talks to trade. Do you want to guess? Green Bay. No. Buccaneers. No. Colts. Neither one of them are even sniffing the Super Bowl. Jacksonville. Bears. Uh, Jacksonville, you got the right state on one of them. Dolphins? Yes. Wow. The Dolphins and the New York Jets. Serious talks. (laughs) I think I would stay in Kansas City. I'll take less less money. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) Well, I might go to Miami. I might go to Miami. Yeah. I mean, you got Jalen Waddell there. I just don't know if you got a great quarterback there. Wow. That's big. Tyreek Hill. You know, that's that's where you go, well, Patrick Mahomes would never let him leave. You know, Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers would never let him leave. Loyalty is money. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, Paulie. Tyreek Hill didn't get paid much his first few years. A couple years ago, he signed a three-year deal with the Chiefs. Uh, he made in 2020, he made 16 million. In 2021, he made 13 million. Mm. So he's gotten really nice money, but he has uh, one year left on his contract at 20 million dollars. But he wants his money now. Well, they're looking at what Devontae Adams got. They're probably saying, "Why shouldn't I get that?" Dang, that's that is man, the NFL, the gift that keeps on giving. How old is Tyreek Hill? Just turned 28. All right. Boy, you could get him for a good four-year window there. You know, even when he slows down, he's still going to be faster than everybody else in the NFL, it feels like. Like, man, he's lost a step, but he's still two steps faster than everybody else. <laughs> By the way, Tyreek Hill, I believe, is a year younger than Devontae Adams. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, never stops, right? 
Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In case you're just joining us, Kansas City Chiefs have given Tyree Kill permission to seek a trade. He's got one year left, a contract that would pay him $20 million. The Jets and the Miami Dolphins are the two teams that Adam Schefter said are in the mix here. If I'm the Jets, would I give up the 10th pick overall for Tyree Kill? I would think so. Philadelphia's got draft picks, a few of them. Yeah, Paulie. I don't know if, if I'm the Chiefs. This seems like a pretty good system they got going over there with those three guys: the tight end, the wide receiver, and the quarterback. Yeah, I don't, I'm paying. I think. Well, but they're saying he can seek a trade, and I, then that, you, that's what's shocking. I, I don't think I could let him go at 27, 28 years old. Yeah, but you're going to have to pay him probably eight million dollars more. He's going to want twenty-eight million dollars. He's going to want Devontae Adams' money because he's going to think he's every bit as good as Devontae Adams. But I want to see how he is with somebody else. Because in that Kansas City offense, Andy Reid, you got Mahomes, you got you got a Hall of Fame tight end. I mean, go play with Zach Wilson for a couple of years. But if I'm the Jets, I give up the 10th pick overall for uh, Tyreek. I'd certainly do that. Yes, Eaton. Tom Pelissaro just had a really interesting note about how many moves there have been this offseason with Pro Bowl selections. Yeah. There's been, it's so far, there's eight players with, I think, a total of 33 Pro Bowl selections. Tyreek Hill would make it nine, make it up to 39. It's crazy. Uh, Jordan Schultz joining us, uh, an insider with the NBA and NFL. Broken a couple of stories here as of late. Joins us on the program. Let me start with that. Tyreek Hill, maybe on the move. What do you think? Can you believe this offseason? So the key thing for me is, you know, they have tried to find a, a, a number for him and have not been able to get there. So the fact that they're at this point tells you that it's probably pretty close. They have reached out to a ton of teams. Miami and Kansas City are the two that are most likely. But to your point, Dan, he wants Devontae Adams' money. He thinks he's the best receiver in the league. I, I, he's been on my show. He's basically said as much. The problem is Kansas City doesn't have a tremendous amount of cap space, and they believe Brett Beach, the GM, does – that they can win whoever it is because they have Patrick Mahomes. The keynote here is Marvin Allen, who's the assistant GM who reports directly to Chris Greer in Miami, was the uh, assistant GM with Kansas City and director of scouting when they drafted Tyreek Hill. So there's a history there. Obviously, the thought with Miami is if you compare Hill with Waddle, you've added a big-time offensive lineman in Teron Armstead. Suddenly, even to your point about Tua, maybe there's some magic there. Can the Chiefs still keep him? They can still keep him if he if, if they'll come up, but I just don't see them coming up. 
even if it's a compromise of somewhere in the middle, 25, I don't know if that's going to get it done. They've asked, I was, I just got a text. They've asked for at least two number ones. So you talked about that number 10 pick from the, from the Jets. That's not going to do it. Okay. That's a tremendous amount to give up for a wide receiver. And to me, as great as Tyreek Hill is, to give up two number ones and potentially more, I don't know if that's, if that's the right move. What's the market for Baker Mayfield? It's not as good as Jimmy Garoppolo, um, you know, which surprised me because Garoppolo's coming off the shoulder surgery. But to me, Baker Mayfield, I guess people think number one pick, Heisman Trophy winner. He played hurt. There's still some upside there. So there is a market for him. The problem for him in Cleveland is there's just not a lot of teams left that need a quarterback. We've heard Seattle. I know they've talked to Cleveland. I don't think anything's gotten really serious. Um, they still have Drew Locke, and they still have a free agent of Geno Smith. To me, Baker Mayfield right now has played his last down with Cleveland, but I'm just not so sure the Browns are in any specific hurry to actually make a move because they know the market for him is not significant, and they've waited, right? They, they wanted to make sure they had a quarterback. They got their quarterback into Sean Watson. They signed Jacoby Brissett, but now it's like, okay, do we make a move just to make a move, or if I'm uh, in the GM, do I just want to be a little bit patient and see what I can get? Uh, the pro days, everybody has a great pro day. Uh, Malik Willis yesterday had a great pro day. I don't know if these things mean anything, though. You know, when you're... I, I love the personality that Malik Willis showed on his pro day, Jordan. Yeah. Okay? But, you know, everybody rolls left and throws right 60 yards. That's the thing. Yeah. That's the new thing you have to do. They, pro days don't mean anything to me. I want to know what you do in an actual game. So... It feels like there's a lot of love, maybe too much love for Malik Willis. Uh, what team makes sense for him? Well, he, him and Kenny Pickett have both jumped up considerably. Pickett's game film is, is, is better. He had 41 touchdowns. He won the Johnny Unitas Award. Willis, I asked Willis, who, uh, I asked about Willis, who struggled against Mississippi State this year because he was at Liberty. I asked a couple people, you know, does that hurt his stock? And the answer was no. And I said, why not? They said, well, Look who's around him. He's not in a great program. He didn't have time to throw. He doesn't have a tremendous amount of talent around him. But he had a great pro day because he made that same throw that Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence did where they're rolling out right, and then they come back left, and they throw 60 yards off platform. Now, I'm not a quarterback guru like Carson Palmer, who's terrific, and I know he's on your show a lot. But I asked, does that matter? And guys said, yeah, because you see that, and you're like, oh, what can I do with that? All these teams believe they can make Malik Willis into a great quarterback. The same <laughs> with Kenny Pickett. Um, I asked an NFC assistant GM about Pickett, and he said the same thing, which is he's a really good athlete. He doesn't have the same arm as Malik, but he's probably more ready right now. I think both of those guys are in the top ten right now. Pittsburgh, I know, loves both. They're not going to be able to get those guys in the early 20s, so they would have to move up. You think both go in the top 10? Yes, I do. I think I think Malik Willis can go as high as two, and I don't think Pickett gets outside the top 10. That's what an NFC assistant GM told me a couple of days ago. You could see the Lions going all in? Yes, yeah. The Lions have their stopgap in Jared Goff, but they're paying him a lot. He's not the future. I think the Lions, you know, they drafted Penny Sewell last year, um, and they, they need a quarterback. I think, you know, Pittsburgh could move up. There, there, there's... The, the, the only thing I'll say is this. Then you start to think about, oh, Matt Corral and some of these other guys, Carson Strong, could you wait because there's not that much of a difference? All it takes is one team to move up and love you. And as you know, 
teams get crazy around the draft of quarterbacks. <laughs> Talking to Jordan Schultz, the uh, Shorts Report, uh, NFL, NBA insider, also co-host of Pull Up Podcast with C.J. McCollum. When's the last time you talked to C.J. and uh, have you brought up the Zion Williamson dunk? Yes, I have. We talked two days ago. Um, you know, C.J.'s from Cleveland, from Ken. He's a big Browns fan. So I wanted to gauge his reaction. I think he believes, as do many, that the Browns are – Super Bowl contenders now, at least if Deshaun plays. So I know he's happy about Cleveland. Um, I've asked him about Zion because remember when he got traded there, you know, he told me I was involved in the process, Dan, with New Orleans. They, I knew they liked me. I knew David Griffin was interested. It was time to move on. He immediately talked to Brandon Emer, but he did not hear from Zion Williamson. And I asked him if that bothered you because Zion's supposed to be the face of the franchise. And he said, no, we eventually hashed it out. I did not ask him about the dunk. You're talking about like the, the, the 360 or whatever he went between his legs. Yeah. I didn't ask him about that, but I did say, what's your gauge on Zion? Zion, he says he's a really good kid. People forget he's 21, 22 years old. And he's been the number one player in the country since he's 15 years old. And there's something to be said about that. I don't, just on the big picture here, I don't know if Zion Williamson's going to ever, ever play for the Pelicans again. He's played 85 games in his career. If you don't trade him this summer, Dan, what are you going to get for him long term? And if you don't believe he's going to stay healthy, what are you going to? What are we talking about here? You think that Zion has played his last game in New Orleans? I think there's a very good chance he will not be back, and they will trade him this summer, or at least strongly explore trades. Yes. What could you get for Zion Williamson? You can get right now a, a lottery pick, no question about it. You drafted a number one. Do you get that back? Absolutely not. He's still very young. He averaged 27 points a game last year. He was terrific. You, remember, he was shooting threes, and he was passing, and you thought, okay, I can see it. You can still get a lottery pick for him, but if you're in New Orleans and you're trying to build, you have Herb Jones, who's a good young player. You have CJ. You have Brandon Ingram. You need one more piece, but he's got to be available, and Zion has not been available. Okay, but is this because you don't think you can sign him or or that he's damaged goods? The, the latter. The latter. Because – he has significant weight problems. We, we, we've seen the reports. Oh, he's over 300 pounds. He's 290. Oh, he's back to 310. You've seen the pictures. He hasn't been around the team this year either. And from what I've heard, he's a really good kid. But he's been in Portland working out and trying to rehab. I've, I've, you know, I've heard great things. He's been in it. He's finally back in New Orleans now. You know, maybe, maybe he can play early next season. But the bottom line is you cannot extend him if you're in New Orleans, given that he's basically played one season in almost three. You just can't do it at this point. Great stuff, Jordan. Great to connect with you again. Thanks for joining us. Dan, it's my pleasure, and I owe you a beer because we bet in the Super Bowl, and I lost. Yeah, well, I, I, I felt bad for you because I love the Bengals, but I said the Bengals aren't winning the Super Bowl. And you being you're right. The, I was wrong. Yeah, well, you're an NFL insider, right? I, I, I try to be, and I also want to say go Flyers. My mom's from Lima, Ohio. All right. Well, thank you, Jordan. Thanks for joining Thanks, us. Brother. Jordan Schultz, the Shorts, Schultz, <laughs> Shorts, Schultz Report. Um, also co-host of Pull Up Podcast with C.J. McCollum. Also host of Game Plan on Kevin Durant's boardroom. Uh, Jordan's got a lot of great connections there. Yeah, Paulie. That's kind of saucy. I didn't factor that in. If the Pelicans mm. were considering trading Zion Williamson, they could not play him the last 10 games yeah, of the season. Yeah, I know. Never factored that in. It just feels like there's something in play. Something. I don't know. Feels like there's a disconnect there somewhere. But I felt that since, 
you know, the, the disappointment on his face when he thought he was going to New York. And then you realize you're not going, you're going to New Orleans. Yeah, Paul. It feels like the Knicks are going to be fleeced in this trade, doesn't it? And the Knicks have been, and their Knicks fans have been wanting Zion Williamson since they lost out in the draft. Yep. That's a first call I'd make. By the way, did you know that uh, somebody during the NCAA tournament got a name, image, and likeness deal? Do you guys know who this person is? I, I can't remember his name. The kid from St. Pete's? Nope. Nope. He, uh, this person is on the floor occasionally, but doesn't play. Is it a mascot of some sort? Close. Indiana cheerleader Cassidy Cerny. She went viral for getting the basketball down. Remember, it was stuck on top of the basket. She struck a deal with a T-shirt company to produce shirts revolving around that moment. So the name, image, and likeness deal extends to a cheerleader, Cassidy Cerny, Indiana cheerleader. Yeah, Paul. Uh, I got a problem with that. That's the only name in the story, Cassie. Yeah. What about the dude who picked her up? I I know. My guess is she doesn't get up there without a, a two. It's a two man. I know. I know. Two person job. How about the person who was at Gonzaga? Yeah. He suggested that she get on you know, this guy's shoulder to get the basketball down. But the lifting dude's got to be mad. I would think so. I would think that he should get, you know, something out of that. Yes, Todd? If you're her, do you do something generous and split the money two ways, three would ways? Would you? I probably would not. Okay. I, I, maybe I'd take them, <laughs> Thank you, Todd. I think I'd maybe I'd take them out for lunch, like at Arby's or something. Um, Curly fries on Matt me. in North Carolina. Hi, Matt. What's on your mind today? Hey, Dan. First time caller, uh, 62195. Um, I was just curious. Uh, you're talking about the footage design. There's no footage to hit soft workouts or whatever he's doing, but... If you had to take a guess on how many tries it took him to do that dunk, <laughs> uh, I say three, and there's really no logic behind it, but I would hope after the third time, if he didn't get it, he'd chill out a little bit. And uh, is there a way to find out? Because someone filmed it. Yeah, I, I think that uh, – I hope it was a, a one and done for him. I don't know if the team's investigating it, but I would. I'd be like, uh, how many times are you you trying that dunk there? Uh, let's see. Eric in Chicago. Hi, Eric. What's on your mind? Hey, DP. Hi. First time caller. Happy yep. Wednesday. Yeah. Um, I wanted you. to talk about the uh, Tyreek Hill, Kansas City situation All right. and get your opinion. So do you think that has more to do with the loyalty aspect of the Rodgers and Adams, Mahomes and Hill, or is it more into consideration the big payday that Christian Kirk got from Jacksonville, a uh, guy with under 3,000 career receiving yards. Yeah, I would follow the money there, Eric, and thanks for the phone call. But understand, Jacksonville overpaid for everybody in free agency because they had to. And maybe the Raiders overpaid with Devontae Adams, but they had to to get him out of Green Bay. Is somebody willing to overpay to get Tyreek Hill to the Jets or the Dolphins? We're going to find out here soon, it feels like. Uh, Tristan in California. Hi, Tristan. First time, long time. 5'9 and a semi-hard 155. Got a quick limit for Todd and then a Walter Payton story for Polly. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah. So first, I'm going to say I'm a therapist. I don't want to get in Todd's head, but let's be honest. It's way too late for that, right? Yes, it is. Yes. All right. All right here we go. Fritzy tries to be a DP show hero. 
yet some hours the guest number zero. He thinks walk rhymes with pork. He's a lovable dork. Thank you, Todd, but you're no Scott Shapiro. Wow. Wow. That was a lot. You packed a lot in there. That's, that's, and you're a therapist, Tristan? Yeah, work with some kids, so your show's a good one to take the stress away, so love you guys. Do you want to answer uh, any or analyze anything with Todd? Like, if you were going to have Todd come in? Um, I listen to you guys for many, many hours, and I've thought about that a lot, and I'm stumped, man. You know, I, I think I do pretty good work generally, but I'm kind of lost on this one. Wait, we, we stumped you on Todd? I think so. I mean, he's, he's like nobody else I've ever worked with, so <laughs> I'll give it a shot. If you were asking him one question as a therapist, what would be the overriding question? I'm more curious about his relationship with his wife and how, how that works. Ooh. Because, like you said, he, uh, we've seen him pushing, pushing, the, pushing the broom like my two-year-old tries and things like that. So I just to be a fly on the wall during that, that scenario would be pretty awesome. Uh, Tristan, Todd would be more than happy to talk to you about uh, his wife and uh, his relationship. I share a little too much. Way sometimes. too much. Uh, but, uh, and his mother, by the way. Thank you, Tristan. Yeah. He doesn't. He wants no part of that. Well, that limerick hit me like you know eleven different ways on, in five lines. I was impressed. I know, and we got twenty more minutes left in this show, so you're going to be dealing with this after the show. I'm, I'm all up in my feelings, as everyone says these days. Everett in Washington. Hi, Everett. Hey, DP five ten two ten. All right. And I'm calling because I uh, broke my hand, and I'm trying to figure out. If I uh, had surgery or a procedure on fixing it. Okay. Where did you go to get it fixed? Tuesday, and I did have to go under, but the plan was not to uh, cut me open. And they ended up having to midway through the session, I guess. Um, So I'm just trying to see if that's a procedure or a... uh, That's, That's surgery. Everett, that that's not that's not a procedure. If you uh, have anesthesia and they cut you, that's a that's a certainly surgery. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Because because Todd's had some procedures. I have surgery. Oh, you have the surgery, and I have the procedure. <laughs> they've they've cut me open. Like, I've I've had surgery. You have had surgery. Yeah. Yeah, see. Is it possible that you've you've both had surgeries? Don't do it. Don't do it. Is is there only one person that's allowed to have had surgery? No, no, but I think Todd said that I had a procedure one time. I think I spent way too much money on my bowel resection procedure then, and I should probably get a lot of money back. Oh, you can have surgeries. You call out other people and say, well, that's not surgery. It's a procedure. I do call people out with that. And we still take phone calls to this day, which I'm still Well, I know because, you know, people aren't sure, like, what, what constitutes surgery. Like, when I'm under... When they when they put a needle in me and and they put me under and then I wake up and then I see that there's blood on the gauze of my knee, you know, there's a priest in there doing last rites. Oh, I mean, I've had, he was there. I've had surgery. <laughs> yeah, you almost lost me a couple of times. Oh. Paul, do you feel like you're being slighted here? I, you know, I, I thank you for coming to bat for me. <laughs> I appreciate it. I've had three surgeries mm. in, in eight years. Mm. Eye surgery, lung, chest surgery. That's that's deep. Mm. And then knee surgery. Yeah. I think your knee was a procedure and was, your eye was a procedure. Mm-hmm, I know you do. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, Marvin, do you have any surgery stories you want to share? Or do you... 
nope, I'm out. <laughs> well, he, you did have the hand reduction surgery, right? <laughs> Didn't you do that? <laughs> I, don't, are, I don't. No, I was born this way. <laughs> are you Are you going to try to have hand extension surgery? Shh. You and Kenny Pickett go in there. Hey. What if Ken- they mixed up the hands and you had Kenny, Pick- <laughs> Kenny Pickett's hands and he, he had yours, the, the uh, extension surgery? I'm walking around looking like a mime now. Yeah.